Hello, and welcome to another episode of Conversation. My name's Tommy Jacket, and it's raining right now. It's really bucketing down. One thing I really don't like about um, runners, which I wear runners most of the time, is that if it's raining, you're done. Your socks are done. You're wet. It's, um, look, I hadn't planned on saying that, but I didn't plan on getting my feet wet because I didn't know I was raining that much today. But I'm jumping on just quickly to say that this is a bit of a cross pod. This is an episode that I've recorded with Craig Harper this week that goes out on his podcast and my podcast. So, look, if you want to give him the download, go over to his podcast, The You Project, or just stay right here. It's already on. You're already listening. Uh, But either way, I appreciate you listening, and I appreciate everyone who's listened to all the other episodes. Uh, Enjoy, and I'll see you next week. Hi. Hello, how's it going? Oh, look, bloody terrific. And you, are you all right? I'm great, thank you. And we've got Tommy here too. Uh, we do have TJ. The, the family is back together. <laughs> yeah, it's like our our troublesome son is back. Oh, yeah. You're like the, um, what's he called? Um, the prodigal, you know, that you kind of left the flock. You went off, you did your own thing. You fucked up a bit. You realised <laughs> that you need me and your mum. You've come back. <laughs> We've slaughtered the fat and metaphoric cow, not the literal cow, everyone, the metaphoric yep. one. And we've got you out the robe, yeah, aka the, the flannel shirt and the back the front baseball cap. And here yeah. we are. Yeah. I mean, I am the same age as Melissa. So if she's my mum, miracles have happened. <laughs> Hallelujah. She's your metaphoric mum. Just like I'm your metaphoric dad, but I'm I'm probably more. I feel like sometimes I'm I feel like I have about six surrogate sons. Yeah. And you might be one of them. I appreciate that. And I, um, yeah, look, I'm happy with that. I did see Craig. Uh, I was just going through some of my old content. Not sure if you ever do that. Mm. Um, look through just some of your old stuff. And other than cringing at everything, because it mm. seems like a different human created something in the past. Yeah. I did see a comment that you sent to me on YouTube um, many moons ago. Do you even remember doing that? I, that must be the only comment I've ever left because I'm not on YouTube as a, you know, how you to, you've got to sign into something. Yeah. I don't know how to do that anymore. It what, may have been the last time you signed in. Because possibly the first and last time. Firstly, what was the, um, the video on? Uh, it was, I think I made a video about surfing in the Sydney Harbor oh, uh, when it gets really, really windy and stormy, which it probably is right now. Uh, it ricochets off one side of the Harbor and yeah. pushes a, a swell back to another side. Wow. To a little place called, I think it's shark Bay. Yeah. Um, anyway, it's uh, you can then surf in the Sydney Harbor, but I was just making, it was years ago making videos. And this is when I was living up there and in pops Craig Harper. And I was just like, Whoa. What did I say? Did I say something? Nice? It was very encouraging. Very encouraging. Well, you've always been something of a prodigy and you're just coming in, you're just blooming now, what with your kids, with your your gorgeous wife, with your business, yeah. with your videography stuff, your editing, your own podcast, of course, Tomversation, just rocketing up the charts. Um, and Melissa, I feel like we've neglected you before we get underway. Um, 
how are things over neglected at all? How how are things at Melissa Central? I feel like you're just sitting there like a little meerkat staring out, staring out the window. Things are great, thank you. We have quite a few things on the go at the moment, but they're all um, pretty exciting. We sure do. We're stumbling towards uh, July 31, which is the uh, the U Project Conference. Yeah. I mean, so, you yeah. guys do. You guys do so many podcasts now. Have you resorted to just doing your admin on the show <laughs> daily? Yeah, that's that's what we that's do. That's a really good idea, actually. Yeah. Why Remember, not? we we did an episode once with Tiff, the three of us, yeah. and, and I think it was called the TYP staff meeting. Yeah, the team meeting or whatever it was. <laughs> and yeah. we just literally went through <laughs> shit we needed to get done, and just and nobody listened. But. Uh, <laughs> Now, um, you sent me a message earlier today because you heard me on the pod yesterday and I sounded like, well, yesterday, so we're recording this Wednesday the 6th, so that would be Tuesday the 5th that came out. Yeah. And I think it was called Please Love Me and we were talking about, among other things, love languages. Yeah. And um, I am, in terms of symptoms right now, I'm better than I was yesterday. Yesterday I was just full of snot and ready to trot. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) you... You went, you sound like shit. Do you want me to come and sit in the number one seat or something like that? And I went, well, that sounds like a good idea. So we're doing a, a, I think the kids call it a (laughs) co-share or something, you know, the U project and conversation. Co-pod, which I don't don't call it, but that's that's Lie on the banana lounge and you just get your questions ready or the interrogation room ready or whatever it is you want to do. I mean, half the time I reach out to you is just because I I miss having – a catch up and I live 50 minutes drive away from you. So it's, this is like, we're just having a coffee right now. So the way you and I talk on a podcast is actually zero difference to what we start talking about in person. And and that makes the best. I think, I mean, how do I know, but this is my reality to me when I listen to, it doesn't matter who it is, but if it's just feels like this is what they would talk about anyway, and they're Mm. interested in that topic or they're, Mm. this is not something that's manufactured for an audience, but yeah. And also imagine if like we do seven a week, imagine if every time I got on the mic, I had to turn on some bloody podcast persona. (laughs) (laughs) I'd annoy myself. (laughs) Yeah, you would. Um, But even in our sort of pre-chat to the show, we were talking about a couple of things that were on our minds, uh, which ends up being, it's, I think there was a similarity in some of the stuff that uh, you were mentioning resilience mm. getting started mm. and I flagged with you boredom mm. and the I, I've started Craig a bit of a notepad in my um, in my phone where I just write stuff that I'm thinking about then I kind of build it out until I have enough content yeah. to be able to do an episode on my podcast yeah and boredom is one of those things the reason it sort of landed in my notes was I was at the gym the other day and there's this, um, there's this lady that I've had great conversation with, but then I've also got the stink eye from, and oh, wow. she, she she's an older, older woman who's, you know, getting her lifting in mm. her bones are strong as hell. I'd mm. say so just like your mum, really, mm. you know, lat pull downs, all of the rest. Mm. And, um, I said to her, how you going? She said, I'm bored. Oh. <laughs> Just out with it. I'm bored. Mm. I said, you got a hobby? She said, ah, this. <laughs> but it was this conversation of her boredom. Mm. And I've started thinking a lot about boredom recently. I've got friends I remember who would say to me all the time, oh, I'm bored. I'm bored. And when you have a child, mm. it starts happening. 
They mm. start saying, I'm bored. I'm bored. But the what? question is, Craig, what's on the other side of boredom? I think the, oh, I was trying to just think, what is, see, I did, I did a podcast before with Tiff and we were talking about, this is going to sound like a stretch and unrelated, but I'll come back. So we were talking just quickly about um, knowledge and knowing. And so there's the knowing that you have because you got taught something, educated around something, you read something, you heard something, you studied something, and there's that knowledge. And then there's the knowledge that you have that you don't even know why you have that. There's just stuff you instinctively or intuitively know. And even the word like knowledge is a slippery construct. And I think like boredom also is, well, what's boredom? Like Mm. for me, that might be relaxation. That might be stillness. That might be downtime. Um, But I think for me, boredom would be, the opposite of boredom would be engagement would be mm. stimulation, would be purpose, would be focus. Um, and w- so why do you say that when when people have kids, boredom can become a factor? Is that because uh, they've got to do a lot of the same thing and they lose uh, for a period of time some freedoms? No, sorry. The ch- kids say I'm bored. Oh, right. So it seems to be, so in my mind, yeah, you're right. Boredom, kind of a loose term. What is it? I heard a phrase from a meditation teacher that said boredom is the inability to pay attention in the moment. Right. And if you think about if you don't experience boredom and I'm questioning this for myself because I don't necessarily feel a sense of boredom in my life, but then the catch of that is have I stimulated myself enough with the external stimulus uh, that has meant that I'm not bored. So you can call a mate. I can mm. message Craig Harper because I'm listening to his podcast. So there is a constant distraction away from my mm. own mind mm. and sitting with that. And so where boredom I think comes up for a lot of people is when they're not plugged into external stimulus from their own mind. You know, what's interesting is when you said this to me, this idea of let's, let's have a chat about boredom. It's not, and this is not a bad thing at all. It's not something I've ever thought to talk about because I don't think I'm ever bored. Mm. Mm. Apart like, from I, when you're reading academic papers. Well, no, <laughs> then I'm sad. You know, <laughs> Then I'm confused. I'm not bored. It's definitely not boring. It's just horrible. But, yeah, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? And I think, I think sometimes, um, like, I used to hear this when, when I would – I remember walking up the stairs of Harper's, my gym, my big gym on the highway, the, you know, this big 10,000 square foot fucking Goliath of a personal training facility. And I'd walk, um, I'd walk in and someone would be on the exercise bike. I'd go, how are you going? And they would often say, I'm bored. I fucking hate the bike. It's boring. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, it, that amused me because I never thought that the bike had to be a source of entertainment. It's yeah. like, it doesn't make sense. It's like, well, it's not there to entertain you. It's there to serve a practical mm. purpose, which is to get your heart rate up or burn a few calories or get your legs stronger and improve your fitness or lower your resting heart rate. But, and I guess it's just really how we frame things. Like to me, boredom is a story that we tell ourselves about something. Mm. Yeah. Like you think somebody could be at work really busy but bored. Somebody could be sitting by themselves in stillness with nothing to do and completely engaged with the universe. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, th- so you're saying there is, once you cut through that mindset or that pattern of thinking, you can experience something other than boredom, just in enjoying that moment. Be- because yeah. if you think about it, if you're on the bike and I've been this guy on the stepper, I'm I'm not in that gym. My mind is somewhere else, yes. which is creating this internal friction for me that is very fucking painful beyond yes. the physical, you know, you know, pain that I may be experiencing from the bike, yeah. mental pain. So yeah. it's it is a funny thing because it's yeah, back to what that guy says about inability to pay attention. If you can pay attention to the moment, even to the feeling of boredom, mm. it can be cut through. You can cut through it slightly. I wonder what the benefit of boredom is. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I, I wonder, you know, and it's funny, like, oh, I don't like being bored. I don't like being uncomfortable. I don't like dealing with things that are unfamiliar. I don't, there's all these things that we don't like. And I go, wow, imagine if your biggest problem is boredom. It's mm. like, it's, it's not like cancer, is it? <laughs> you know, like there's a scale of problems. There's a scale of hard stuff. I'm pretty sure boredom is not up near the, you know, life-threatening disease end of the scale. But, you know, and, and I think it's also a completely individual response to whatever people are in the middle of. I'm like, and especially you think 2022, You've never had more shit to look at or research or watch or listen to or experience or get involved in, you know, even I understand back in the day, like when I grew up in Latrobe Valley, I would understand for, you know, if I was living in 1978 and I was 45 years old living in Latrobe Valley with no mobile phones, with no internet, with no, I could understand that. And I was living in a version of Groundhog Day, which probably a lot of people were in that kind of time and space. Then I would get that. But I, I think that for us living in our first world comfort these days, it's pretty easy to find your way out of it. And is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, it depends if you see um, boredom as a negative or a potential platform to something positive. I, I guess, go, the- well, you know, it, it's boredom. So what is, what's another word for boredom? Well, I'm not doing anything maybe, or I'm not focused mm. or not stimulated. Well, can you the same person in the same place? Can you shift your thinking? Can you can you literally change that that experience from um, a boredom to curiosity by changing what you're focused on or what mm. you're paying attention to? So it could be reframing, but then I guess if so, for right now as a, an experiment for anyone listening, if you had zero access to to stimulus, can't read a book, mm. you can't go for a walk. Mm. I'm just actually explaining um, lockdown for 2020. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but well, you can't true. get on your phone, which is a computer. You can do so many things. Yeah. That, like then that is the test of mm. those feelings that might equate to verbalizing as boredom. Mm. And well, I, I think, sorry, Tommy, I think one of kind of not exactly in this space, but near this space, like, and I'm going to fuck this up a little bit, but Viktor Frankl wrote, arguably the greatest book of the 20th century called man's search for meaning. So he was, he was a psychiatrist who was um, in the, in the camps in Germany. Um, I think he was in Auschwitz. I may have that wrong. Can you Google Viktor Frankl, which camp he was in? Anyway, he wrote man's search for meaning. And he basically said what they can't take from us is our mind and our hope. Mm -hmm. And 
So in the worst of the worst, was it Auschwitz? Yes. Yes. Thank you. So in the worst of the worst, like he, he was teaching the men around him, men and women around him, how to, how to be somewhere else, <laughs> you know, how to defy the practical physical reality of where they were. So yeah, it's an interesting, I think not just boredom, but managing your mind in general. Mm. is like it's the ever-present challenge, isn't it? Mm. How's your mind at the moment? Sharp as shit or my just a bit mind, foggy with... My mind's all right. I love, you know, it's funny. When I'm about, my favourite podcasts are when, and this is just me personally, what I enjoy, they're actually the ones where I'm being grilled. I, li- mm. I really like others where I'm talking to people, but um, where I'm interviewing someone, I enjoy those too. But I like getting on a podcast where someone's going to ask me stuff and I don't know what's coming. Mm. Yeah, which most people hate that. Like I even have people who have me on their show, like people I've never been on before, and they want to send me the questions in advance. I'm like, yeah. don't. I like whatever you do, don't, because one, I'll fuck up your plan because yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to read those questions and I'm definitely <laughs> not going to plan my answers. Yeah. Um, and they can't get their head around the fact that a guest doesn't want forewarning of what he's going to be asked about. Yeah. Well, if you're, I mean, the people that might really want answer or questions ahead of time, do you think there's probably a high chance that they are more self-critical in that, you know, they're looking back, thinking about what they've done and what they've said and how they could have done it better. Yes. Like it's, you know, my wife just went for a job, uh, in, did a job interview, landed the job. Give her a clap, please. Well done. Um, but she said to she said to me, oh, I should have said this, I should have said that, which is a sort of reflecting on mm. an event that's happened. It played out, and clearly the the response is she was good enough, nailed it, expected mm. that to happen anyway. Mm. But your mind, and I do it too, on content that I've put out, and then I'm you know thought ah maybe I could have framed it like that and so yeah i guess it's lending itself to people that may feel that self-criticism higher in higher volumes well you know that when you go for a job and you get the job then you come home and beat yourself up about your performance after you got the job <laughs> after you got the tick of approval you've got fucking issues so <laughs> no uh, it was she it was should the get together time. with melissa and start the <laughs> bloody local chapter of the perfectionist club yeah now maybe that's it i mean are you leaning into that non-perfectionism? Look, definitely, definitely. I, yeah. I think a really good goal is growth. I think perfectionism is a terrible goal because you set yourself up for perpetual failure and disappointment because mm. you're never going to be perfect. So if the goal is growth or learning or adaptation or improvement or greater awareness or better skill or more confidence, I think they are, and this is what I think, they're great goals. But also back to your point about, or back to the thing about, you know, I don't want the questions. I don't think that's what everybody should do, by the way. Mm -hmm. I think most people should take the questions because it might really help them get their head around what's coming. Um, Most people have not done five-hour shifts on commercial radio by themselves like me for years. I mean, I've done hours and hours and hours of freestyle organic radio talking to people in real time, answering questions from strangers who are ringing the radio station. Um, And so I'm very trained and very experienced in this space. 
and it's where I, it, it's where the best of me comes out. Like if I'm just in the moment, um, then you will get the best of me. And, and also having said that, you know, we spoke momentarily before we went live about, um, I just got some feedback that I've, I've got to in two weeks do my PhD thingy in front of all the boffins. And uh, so that is definitely something I need to prepare for a lot because it's not my natural habitat. Yeah. And Craig, my- we can totally tell by that anxious big breath you took right before <laughs> you said that. Yeah. With a quite slight quiver in it. Yeah. Well, completely. <laughs> and I put up my hand. I go, this yeah, is yeah. not my natural habit. I'm not great at this. And, you know, I think that's, you can acknowledge the things that you're good at without being all about ego or chest beating. Mm. And you can acknowledge the things you're terrible at and the stuff that's somewhere in the middle of the scale. And hopefully that's around self-awareness, not self-loathing or not not self-gratification. Well, here's the spanner being thrown into the works. Yeah. Um, If the goal is growth and what we know is growth comes from hard, hard times or doing things that, uh, you know, challenging us. Yes. Is it, because uh, I think the same, Craig, I don't like to prepare necessarily. I, I can riff, I can speak. I have got that history of doing it. So I know in yes. myself the confidence there for me. But then I also go, should I lean into that other side? Even though I think like in my mind, nah, I've got it sorted. Mm. Should I lean into that side a bit more? to feel that friction, to feel that pain, to maybe get some version of growth out of it. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I step back and I, I try to look at, so, you know, you can't, you can't be effective while you're in it. Right. So you've got to sometimes step back to get a bigger picture snapshot. So I would step back even like, let's give an obvious example of, of the U project and I'd go, well, all right. So there's Tiff and there's Melissa and I, and we've all got roles and we've all got to do stuff. And you know what? I really don't know anything about editing. I really don't know how to upload the podcast into the Nova thing. I really, I should really learn. No, fuck all that. That's not based on the organism that is TYP. That's a terrible use of my time. So I still think it comes down to like, I don't avoid developing those skills because I'm scared. I avoid, I avoid developing those or working on that stuff. Because one, I'm not fucking interested at all. Mm-mm. It's not my skill set. It's not the best use of me in the bigger picture of the U project as a, as a growing, you know, media organism. Um, and yeah, based on what I want to do, be create and change, that's not important. But yeah. So, but if we looked at another thing, when I fucking hate reading academic journals. Uh, well, the thing is stiff shit, Craig, you have to. So you need to lean into that. Like I'm not doing all this stuff for fun. I'm doing this because this is what's required as a, a researcher doing this kind of stuff that I'm doing. And so yeah. if I was avoiding that, then I'm the problem. I think it's knowing the the uncomfortable stuff that you don't love that you should lean into and then the other stuff that really doesn't serve you because you can't do everything and learn everything and perfect everything. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to know, you know, you know, what, what is really in the context of my life and where I'm going and what I want to do, be create, what do I need to lean into? Mm, absolutely. Getting clear can, can give you that. I, th- I think about, I mean, I mean, it's just a, period of time for me with children and yeah. seeing their resistance to 
starting or doing something with the the slight knowledge that it might not work out or it might not, you know, like you see it in a five-year-old, they actually don't, they go, I will not be able to do that. So I'm not doing that. Yes. How do you bloody know you can't do that? But yeah. for, for, I think there would be kids out of school. I'm thinking about myself as a young teenager in my early twenties. Yeah, I think I probably had a bit of, you know, faux confidence. I don't know where it came from, but there, yeah. I think there's probably a lot of people that don't have that confidence because they haven't done it. And, and, and so they don't get started on these yeah. things on anything in life. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, it's interesting when you're a kid or even when you're a young adult, like I met you, um, I don't know if that was the first time I met you, but I did a weekend years ago, maybe 11 mm. or 12 years ago called mind, body, emotion, MBE. And you came along and you were, I don't know, doing your year 10 geography homework in the breaks <laughs> or something. You were, you were a baby. That sounds about me. That sounds about me. Yeah. Um, but I think that when you're a kid, uh, when you're a young adult, when you're uh, in your 30s, when you're middle-aged, when you're older, you're still trying to figure out what's the right thing for you. You're still trying to, like we had a guy on recently who spoke about Montessori who was amazing. And I just, I kind of knew what Montessori was, but I didn't understand that. And I still don't understand the totality of it. But I, I just loved, and, and I'm not plugging Montessori, I'm just plugging I'm talking about the way that people learn and the best environment, the best model and the best kind of approach and the best, even, even down to where kids sit and how kids sit in a room and teaching styles. And, and it was so interesting to hear something that was so, so far from what I grew up in Mm. and I'm not hating on any teachers or any academic system or, and I, I heard this guy and I thought, fuck, if I went to school in that model, I would have tapped into much more of my potential much quicker because I, you know, that it just didn't inspire me, just didn't enjoy it. It just, you know, and and that's not to say the system's wrong, but it wasn't perfect for me. But even I think then we, then we come out of school and we go, oh, well, I should go to university because, um, because, um, oh, well, because, well, be, well, uh, cause people go to university or mm. I should get a job. Yep. I should get a job then I should work for old mate and then I'll do that for 40 years and retire and I should get married before I'm 30 and I should have a dog and two kids and a station wagon. And we kind of grow up in this mindset of what we should do, you know, at, which is not a, not a uh, hard to understand thing, but we're programmed. But when you go, like for you, you don't have a boss, you don't have a job, you literally make shit up. Mm. You, you create stuff, you create videos, you create connections, you host other people's podcasts, you have your own podcast, you come up with ideas, you do amazing little films that you post that some of them have had millions of views and you've been on telly and, and, and you've done radio, and, but you haven't really had a job per se. Mm. It's because you keep opening new doors and trying things. And I've, I've, known, it, I've known you when you've been flying and dying and mm. every space in between, you know, um, but I think that's the, I don't know how I got here, but I, I think that's that, that freedom of thinking outside of the programming that most of us either live in or were programmed in growing up. Mm. And if there's a struggle to get out of that programming, that, I mean, that makes a lot of sense because mm. if there is, if you've been brought up in that culture, which we all have, go to school, mm. go to uni, mm. go to work, it's, thinking like that you know like you're probably on the rarer side if that is 
you. So, but that doesn't mean that if you're feeling like you're strapped into the bloody yes. matrix that you can't, you know, untap, take the, what was it? The blue pill or red pill? I don't know. But you, you think know, about we, when we grow up, we are taught what to think, not how to think. Mm. We're told what to think, not how. And so, you know, when you grow up in a certain, and I'm sorry to bang on about this, it's not religion or Catholicism I'm talking about, but when you grow up in a certain um, environment, and I grew up in the Catholic church or a lot of my, you know, I was Catholic school, Catholic friends, Catholic church on the weekends, blah, blah, blah. Then you grow up in a Catholic mindset and Catholic rules and Catholic kind of theology um, and philosophy, ideology and all of that. And you, you are not taught to think for yourself you are told that this is how God works, heaven, hell, purgatory, sin, mortal sin, venial sin, good stuff, bad stuff, you know, fornication, blah, blah, all that. And if you do this, then that will happen. If you don't do this, then this will happen. These are the rules. If you break that, the eternal fire of hell, uh, pain and suffering forever. And, you know, you, you basically taught these things that there's no room in, in, any of that for the person to think for themselves or disagree mm. or push back. And if you do disagree or you do question or you do push back, and I'm not talking about just in Catholicism or religion, but in a lot of, um, I guess, environments or echo chambers where we grow up, if you do think for yourself, not because you want to be difficult or not because you want to be contrary or not because you want to rebel, but you just fucking think differently then you're criticized and or condemned. And so we are very, very much discouraged from stepping away from the status quo or thinking for ourselves or because if you think for yourself, Tom, I can't control you and I want to control you. Mm. You know, if you don't agree with me, fuck, that doesn't suit me. If you don't, you know, and it's everything from religion to marketing. But, but, but even- people are trying to influence and control thought. Yeah. And I think what about naturally, if you take a look at your relationships, you know, the people around you, I'd say majority of people around you probably think like you. And that's, that might be subconscious that that has happened. Mm. I, I, I have a bunch of mates that I think are wild in their thinking. Yes. And, but I, and I can feel myself triggered sometimes when we're, we're speaking, but that is only because I'm, th I'm also saying I want some people that do think differently, but I, but do you know what? I actually probably enjoy it more when people think like I do. Mm. And so it's, it's like a human nature that that is appealing when you and I and Melissa, we're all into the same shit. We're all yes. down the pub talking about sport because that's what we love. Yes. Yes, that is interesting, is it? Well, we, you know, the whole we did evolve in tribes and we do feel security yeah. belonging. And, and so, you know, sometimes disagreement means you're out of the tribe and there's all that kind of hard wiring from, you know, our kind of t evolutionary timeline and all of that stuff. But I, I don't think, I don't think that having a great friendship with somebody needs to come at the cost of compromising what you think, you know, I mean, mm. if you clash with a friend on everything, it's maybe not a great <laughs> fit, you know, it's maybe not awesome, yeah. but I think having healthy disagreements or even conflict, not in a, a adversarial way, but where you think a and they think B and, you know, I've spoken about this many times before I've got like, I've got really close friends that are, um, are Christians and ministers and, uh, 
um, Buddhists and atheists and uh, Muslims and, um, you know, like a bunch of different ideologies and philosophies and theologies. And, and I don't, um, not that I don't care about them, but I don't care what they believe as long as mm. I reckon they're good people. And for the most part, we have something in common. Ergo, it's going to be hard to have much of a friendship. Yeah. I mean, my experience um, outside of kind of the, what you kind of ex explained there, doing a podcast every day, which I did a couple of years ago with mm. Josh, mm. the daily talk show, check it out. Still getting 10,000 downloads a month. Thank course you. Of course you are. Cause I haven't done an episode great. in years. Anyway, I've never met somebody who I probably think differently or our mind approaches things differently mm. than him. Mm. But maybe that's because I actually have a friendship, mm. a close friendship with him. So I am giving the time to that. But, and so I can recognize it and the unique situation of doing something like a podcast every day with somebody where it can create immense friction in internally. Yes. When someone else doesn't even have the same pattern of thinking or less ideology or whatever, but you know, he, our belief system wasn't way off. It's not like I was way right. He's way left. Um, but even just how you see something, yeah. And then that that feeling of ah, oh, that's not how I bloody see it, and yeah. the friction that that can cause. Yeah, I think Melissa and I are like that in that we're very different people and very different personalities. Do you think so, Melissa? I totally agree. That's what I was just thinking yeah. about when Tommy was saying that. That yeah, it's it's funny that there are certain things that I'd like done one particular way, but it would yeah. you'd prefer it done a different way, and it's a matter of just kind of you know, finding a happy medium, I guess. But mm. but I think that, that can be quite beneficial in many ways yes. as well. Yeah, yeah I like but it, it done the right way. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. See what I did and there, everyone? Just fucking around. But also, <laughs> but we have very different personalities. Yeah. So Melissa wants to plan the fuck out of everything. Yeah. And have, we've <laughs> got a timeline, we've got a checklist, <laughs> we've got, you know, da, da, da. I'm like, ah. You know, wow, it will be right. Like, we'll be right, famous last words. So it's mm. my will be rightness and my freestyleness that and her uh, lists and her <laughs> checking and auditing and refining and editing and planning. It's actually a nice combination. No, I, I agree. I agree. And then, I mean, if you just to look at both of those sides and those approaches, there is an energy that comes with that approach from each of you. Yeah. And so, I, I mean, I've been just with the mindfulness practice and meditation learnings, what is, what is like, if you were to let that go a bit, yeah. where do you land? You know, is, uh, do you live a little lighter in that? Sure. There's two ways. There's 10 ways. There's a hundred ways to do one thing, Yeah, but it doesn't necessarily matter if it's your way or the other person's way. It's when the thinking attaches to it that no, this is the only way. Mm. And then what that can create internally, that sort of uh, friction or, you know, negative sort of yeah. internal feeling. I reckon we're both, Melissa, you tell me what you yeah. think after this and disagree if you think I'm wrong. I think we're both good at, are respecting what the other wants because we're both pretty easy going on most things. Like um, if, if we do like, let's say we 
let's say at the end of this, Melissa went, uh, Tommy said that thing about blah, blah, blah. I think we should take that out. And I don't think we should. And she does. I'll go, yeah, take it out. Cause it doesn't make any difference mm. to me. Yeah. It's like, sure. But if I went, no, I really think we should leave it in. Melissa would go, no worries. Um, yeah, yeah. And we, we have a lot of conversations about everything from, you know, when we started, and by the way, it was very difficult to get our speakers list for, um, you know, the U Project conference because there are so many fucking awesome people. And I know that no matter which seven or six or seven people we invite, there's going to be 50 that get their nose a little bit out mm. of joint and go, how come I'm not speaking? Mm. And it's, it doesn't matter who, like, it's like, well, sorry, dude, we can't have 50 speakers on a day, but you're definitely awesome and we love you. And, you know, we started with a list of about 30. Yeah. And mm. we just, or more, and we just go, and Tom, you are number 31. So yeah. next, I, next I mean, year. Didn't even yeah, make the year. list. That's uh, that's list 2.0. Yeah. Jeez Louise. But, but, you know, and, and I think there's that. There's always in business, if you've got a, a business partner or a friend or a colleague or whoever it is, there's, you know, having, having, having differences of opinion and differences of operating system and personalities and outlooks and even beliefs, it's, it's to me, it, it just makes things more interesting. I don't want to work with a clone of me. It, that would be, t- I would hate that. Mm-hmm because I definitely need other people to disagree with me, to have a different opinion to me, to give me a perspective that I don't have. So I can see Mm. what I am like or what this is like, or what the, whatever that sometimes I finish a podcast and I go, that was terrible. Melissa goes, no, that was really good. Mm -hmm. I literally, I thought it was a two. She goes, no, that was a seven or eight. People will love it. And by the way, we've probably done over the years 20 podcasts that never made it because I went, that sounds dog shit, or Melissa went, mm. that I didn't like that. Or, and, and, but there are more times than not where one of us will think it's rubbish and the other one goes, no, I actually think that'll be fine. Mm. We put it to air and it's fine. And I mean, you know, that's a good example of a tangible product that has multiple people involved in. But think mm. about, individuals living their life where that dialogue is happening inside of their own head. And there's not a second person to say that was actually great. And so, I mean, for me, I've, I've learned to be more skeptical and look for the bullshit that I'm telling myself in life. Yes. Because I have gone through that so many times and it's nice if you've had the experience of doing it with other people where that has played out exactly how you said do you have people that, you, like, if you come up with a thought or an idea or a title or something that you're back and forwards on, well, you must run it by Amy. Um, yeah, I mean, I've also got to the point sometimes where I I think trying, you know, doing it the way I'm thinking in my own head I'll wait for the feedback on the other side. So yeah, I talk to my wife about certain things, but there's some, sometimes I don't even know how to explain it. I can't explain it. If there's an idea that I've got that I'm trying to communicate, I almost don't want to tarnish it with another person's thought. So I want to execute on it and see if it, you know, it's like testing, testing it myself, you know, before like some of the videos I've done that have worked really well. I know people close to me have thought they were, wouldn't work. Yes. And in my head, I've just like found this feeling that sometimes I can land on where I'm like, nah, yes. I know it. I can't explain it too much, but I got to get going. See ya. 
I'll be I'll be back soon. Well, they can't experience the totality of your idea. Like, but you you've got a different like what's in your head and what's in your emotional system and nervous system when you're excited about a concept and you can see what it's got the real thing's going to be look like or going to look like. Um, I wrote a post a few weeks ago and I thought that maybe someone might be bothered by this, but I don't think so. But just as a precaution, I sent it to Melissa and she goes, no, (laughs) no, I go, Really? Because I thought for sure she'd go, no, nah, that's good. Because it was, I can't even remember what it was, but it took me a fucking long time to write and it made a really good point. Mm. So I kind of mean that brilliant because I can't remember it, but I do and I write think a lot. that's what I said. I'm like, you've got a really good point, but I could see this. I could see people taking this and oh. running with it. I don't know how I'm going to go five years from now, Tom, if, <laughs> if our world continues on in terms of, everyone getting offended by anything and everything. I, I don't know how I'm going to go because I feel like, you know, the old, what, what, like literally, and we said this yesterday, I think, or the day before we we're saying, if you live in basically a, a, a culture where anyone can literally deem anything, any word, any sentence yeah. by anyone to be offensive, fucking hell. What yeah. we're going to have to all fucking, I don't know what we're going to have to do. Like, I think, but I think the other side is you've done so much podcasting that yes. you would have come unstuck by now. And I know you personally, outside of podcasting and recording yeah. conversations, mm. there's yeah, I don't think it's there's nothing there, and that's why there's nothing mm. there outside. There's nothing there on the podcast. Yeah. I mean, same for me. I've got thousands of hours of audio of me, yes. which um, I'm I'm just I hope I I think this, but I'm just not a piece of shit. I don't think I'm a piece of shit person, um, but you're right. Sure you're not. Yeah, you yeah, get thanks. you get my tick, you get our tick. Yeah, yeah, yeah tick from me too. Oh, thanks, thanks for listening. It, it, it's funny when when you kind of play in the self help. Like I don't even like that term, but let's go personal development, personal growth, education. You know, you're in that space. It like the 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 role kind of requires you to challenge people a bit. And while people, it's like people love the idea of personal growth and self-help, <laughs> mm. but you have to differentiate between the product, you know, and when I say the product, I'm talking about, or, or the, the idea, the theory, you know, the theory of self-help is a book. The theory of self-help is a podcast, Tommy and Melissa and Harps banging on. A theory is a meme on social media. The theory, the theory is a workshop or a keynote presentation. There's all these there's, and we call that self-help, but for me, it's not really because for me, self-help is literally a practical process of helping yourself, mm. you know? And then, so in this space where I see potential in people that they don't see in themselves, or I see possibilities, or I see things about them. Um, and, and broadly speaking, because I see it in myself and I've worked with so many people, it's like, I can confidently say when I walk into a room um, that probably most people in the room overthink. And I know that because I've asked that question a hundred times and nearly hundred percent of hands go up and, and I've spoken to a lot of people and, and I can also confidently assume there's self-doubt and self-loathing and imposter syndrome and all these things. But the antidote to all of this is not more theory. The antidote is stepping into the process of changing you, you know? And so as the provocateur, 
like in a way I'm a provocateur. I'm trying to provoke people to take action. Mm. I'm trying to, you know, if my goal was just to sing Kumbaya and hug people and tell everyone they're awesome and fucking give everyone a metaphoric back rub and a, a fucking unicorn and a puppy, well, no one's growing, learning, evolving, and and it's pretty self kind of gratifying. And in a short period of time, I think, I think we would fall over. Mm. But but that's the challenge of how do I be real with people and direct with people and you know, I guess it's almost the velvet sledgehammer, you know, it's the tough love. Like I want you to grow and learn and evolve. And sometimes the things I need to say might not be the things you want to hear. So Mm. if you want to tune out, cool, or change podcasts, cool. But maybe, maybe before you react, maybe lean in a bit and go, is there some truth in this? Because I promise you, I'm not trying to offend anyone ever, but that's the, that's the, that's the, the line that you have to walk, I think, in this space of trying to inspire and, and educate and bring awareness while also trying to make uh, remain commercially viable as a show or as a brand. Yeah, I mean, you're not really changing shit if you're just comfy on the couch. In, in, in ter- that's a metaphor for life in that if you're, if you're wanting to make changes, there has to be some level of discomfort that is enough to send you in the direction of help. Mm. You know, for people that are into self-help, there would hundred percent. And I've been one of them that actually gets something out of these self-help books that doesn't do shit, but makes me feel a bit warm inside. I think that's the majority, unfortunately. <laughs> and, and I'm not throwing anyone under the bus because I did that myself. Like I literally was probably for a minute, Australia's highest profile trainer while eating shit, while eating bad food and hiding my behaviors and not walking the talk. So knowing what to do, having education, having knowledge, having insight, having resources, having a gym membership, having a cheer squad, None of those things are the same as doing the work. Yeah. And this is the ever-present elephant in the room that so many people are doing everything except the work. Mm. And then they're like, how the fuck did my life end up like this? I'm like, well, how do you reckon? Mm. You know? Well, uh, let's wrap it up there because this is my show. You're kind of on my podcast as well as yours. We are. I mean, unless Melissa's going to come in and tell me that it's not the right time to wrap it up, but go for it. Wrap away. (laughs) See, yeah. Melissa and I are quite similar in that. Um, Thanks for joining me. Uh, The 30th of August. No. 31st of July. 31st of July. uh, The U Project Conference. That is it. I was 31st on the list as speaker. (laughs) I've been cut. The list is now at seven and there's some awesome names on there. I'll let Mm. Melissa run through them um, on another episode because I have heard her go through it. She's good at that. And Tommy will be at the entrance pointing towards the exits and the (laughs) Yep, yep, (laughs) yep. 31 also comes with, yeah, Usher uh, abilities. Um, So I'll be there. High fives. (laughs) Thanks, Tommy. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks, everyone.